Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Justin, what, what tells you that you guys are close to a breakout game? I can feel it. Anything specifically that allows you to feel no, it? Sir. No, sir. Just a feeling. Okay. Just feel it. You know, you just have those feelings. You just feel it. It's coming. <laughs> it's the pregame show with Ola Krutz and Patrick Manley. Happy Halloween, everybody. And uh, and it's presented by Bet Rivers, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. So that's Justin Fields, and he feels it. Um, you ever have that feeling, guys? Have you ever felt like this is the turning point and has it ever come after kind of a big loss and 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 I mean he wasn't being specific as to why he felt it and frankly Darnell Mooney felt it the week before and it didn't happen what are your thoughts on uh, on that comment from the quarterback yeah definitely have felt that before but but it has to show up on film and, and maybe they see something I'm sure he sees look if Cole Komet uh, makes that catch. I think it was on a second series on third and eight. If Mooney makes the catch, uh, you know, not an easy, not a really well-thrown ball to Darnell Mooney, but a one you would like to see Mooney bring in, um, then then, it, then those drives continue and, and they go forward. And obviously, um, I think immediately about when they finally did get down into the red zone against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the kind of plays they ran, hopefully uh, they have a better selection this week uh, of plays because what they went through down there, I, I, I didn't really agree with. But sometimes you do see that, Pat. Sometimes you do feel it. But I, I go back to what we were talking about earlier and the fact that somebody in that group, somebody in a wide receiver, tight end, running back group, has to make a play. Oh, no, no doubt. And I agree with that. I, what Alex Brown said, what, 88 and out the gate? I mean, that's those guys haven't done it all, all year. And obviously you said you, you found the play where the last one to go was with Tariq Cohen. That's way too long. But to me, when I heard him say that, and I kind of put myself back in the locker room, and your quarterback just says that, to me that's kind of leadership. I just mm-hmm. I think he's trying to get the vibe going in the locker room. Hey, listen, guys, I'm going to get this thing going. Believe in me, believe in me, believe in me. And hopefully he does. And like we said earlier, he's putting in this extra work, this extra Zoom time or whatever with his receivers. Hopefully this pays off, and hopefully he feels it and the team sees success and understands now, all right, now this is the level we have to prepare at. This is the accountability we have to have for each other. And maybe now the extra communication, uh, the extra play time they're having together. I think Allen Robinson talked about the, the limited reps they had in the preseason. Hopefully it does pay off. But to me, when I heard him say that, that's the leader of the team talking to his team saying, listen, I feel it. Trust me. Let's get this thing going. I like to hear that. 
you know, here's the problem is he's coming off like the worst game of his career at every, at any level. And he had five, uh, you know, giveaways, five. He's charged with them. I, I don't know. The one, uh, maybe you got a guy in your head telling you, hey, uh, free play, just throw the ball. And he has a, that's two weeks in a row with an interception on that. But but is it just is, – is he seeing something? Is the conversation with the receivers – is there something bringing him to this conclusion? Or is it just – Things were so bad, they're bound to get better. And I've always been a winner, and now I'm going to win. I just wonder how how that works. And mm-hmm. and the you know when the broadcast crew says, "Let's have a mercy benching at halftime," mm-hmm. that that's pretty damning. Yeah, look, I think what he sees and feels is that their run game is obviously effective, right? And against a Tampa Bay front that that hadn't given up uh, that many yards in a long time, a really good run defense, actually the, the best run defense in the last three years in the NFL. Uh, you run the ball on, you continue to run the ball well. Uh, Herbert continues to get yards, and it's just grabbing those receivers and Justin Fields and saying, look, we got to make a play on our side. And if we get uh, this blitz picked up here, uh, Khalil Herbert's learning how to uh, pass pro better, how to protect his quarterback. If we can just do that well, if we work to better uh, – better together here, we can make these big plays, man. And I think that, you know, Mooney has shown he can do it. Allen Robinson has shown he can do it. Uh, Cole Komet is trying to catch more balls. Like this team will be a little more dynamic in the open field. But I think they think they have the talent and they think with that run game, people have to load up to stop their run. And it's going to give them opportunities there to get behind them in the pass game. Uh, So we'll see what happens. But I think that's kind of, Pat, what he's feeling. Yeah, yeah, and what I love too, and what I love, what I what I feel like I'm hearing is the ownership of this offense. You know, he's sick of, like you said, Mully, his worst performance ever. You know, losing like that, everything. I think he wants to take ownership of this offense. I watched Olin take ownership of the of the O line room. If things weren't going well, he brought everybody together. So listen, we've got to put our extra time in together, and it worked out. Um, sometimes it didn't. Maybe that was a talent problem we had in that room. But you take ownership for what you have, and I, and I love hearing that. And then I got some stats here. I forgot who tweeted this, but talking about, you know, the run game and playing the play action off of that, though. So the percentage number of dropbacks this year is 24.8%, uh, and he's only completed um, – wait, here we go. No, the percentage of, of play action – sorry, let me give you the percentage of play action is only 24.8%. He's completed 65% of those passes for a passer wow. rating of 99 the other ones are drop back passes 75% of the time. He's only completed 54% of the time. So I'm hoping he's taking ownership and saying, listen, get me out of the pocket. Olin, you talked about it earlier. It wasn't until the second quarter they did that. Run some more screens. Give him an offense that he can run better. And hopefully this ownership he's taken with the wide receivers, maybe with, with the wide receivers and running backs with, um, by his side, he can go to the coaching staff and say, listen, we need more of this. We need more of that. Hopefully that's what's going on as well. Uh, Olin, you cautioned us last week um, about the the coaching advantage and the gap in that game. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to you this week, especially with these guys struggling? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really good question because because it's something I like to look at every week. As you guys know, and they do have um, what I would probably consider the better coaching staff. You know, Manley just talked about what kind of offense the Bears should be running. Well, that's Kyle Shanahan's offense, right? Yeah. And, and that's um, – Everybody's trying to copy that from him. Uh, no one designs a run scheme. Very interested to see what their first 15 looks like today against these Chicago Bears. Uh, you know, what kind of design he has, misdirections, motions. There's some teams you watch on film, Mully, 
uh, they motion. They have no idea why they're using that motion. When you watch Shanahan motion, it always gives his team an advantage. He knows exactly why he's got that motion in. And then on defense, uh, they got Betcher to help out. D'Amico Ryans, their defense coordinator, Betcher, former defense coordinator for the Giants and the Cardinals. They got Unlin coaching their secondary, former uh, defense coordinator for the Lions. Uh, obviously, their secondary isn't doing well, so Unlin needs to do a little better than he has been doing. But the advantage lies uh, with the 49ers and really – uh, uh, but what I'm going back and forth this week of who I'm going to pick, uh, I keep going back to I want to pick the Bears to, to, to say the offense does take steps today. But looking at that matchup on the coaching side has me standing on the fence, Pat. Yeah, and you talk about the motions and stuff. It's also just the formations that, that Kyle Shanahan puts out there because there, there's some balanced formations. The one that I love is the one with you stack like say you checks off the left tackle, and then it used to be Kittle, but whoever 82 the right tight end is over the right right tackle, then you have all those motions. You have no idea where they're going. They can run all sorts of things. So you're putting the linebackers and the safeties, they're in a difficult situation because they mm-hmm. have to read their keys and then keys are motioning. Um, and they got, you know, when, when Kittle's in there, fortunately he's not in there today, with that talent they have with that offense and the formations and the motions, it's very difficult. Because you'll put on the table and tell me if you agree or disagree, and you're like, all right, what are they running here? And you're like, I have no idea. There's mm-hmm. sometimes you see formations and you see some looks, and you're like, all right, they're probably going left or they're running this. Kyle Shanahan is excellent at that. So this defense really has to hone in on their keys and, and, and be really disciplined because Kyle Shanahan does a great job. Yep. You know, the other element, obviously, is the Bears have to be able to to defend. And Khalil Mack, even hurt, has been really important uh, to their defense. The good news is Quinn is back. The good news is Akeem is back. But it's bad news that Mac is out, and he could be out for a while. They're they're talking, or at least the NFL Network announced uh, through Ian Rappaport earlier in the week that they were debating putting him on IR, and that means three games, and that means giving him basically a month and a week to get better. Yeah, and when you looked at last week, sometimes on those big pass plays, uh, they would double uh, Mac, and yes. there was no one else getting pressure. Obviously. Akeem Hicks was not there. Uh, he's a big part of pushing that pocket and making Tom Brady feel him. Um, you know, Quinn being back, but Quinn versus Trent Williams is kind of a, right. uh, you know, they kind of cancel each other out. And if you give Trent Williams just a little bit of help, uh, he's going to be a problem for Quinn all day. But uh, hopefully Hicks can get some pressure there. But like we saw last week, but obviously Evans and Godwin are very good receivers. But Vildor... Uh, Jalen Johnson, without the normal pass rush, they really struggled against, uh, you know, again, we keep talking about who they were playing, right? That's, that's mm-hmm. a tough matchup to play against. But on defense, uh, you got to stop Kyle Shanahan's run game, uh, especially if they're going to be stubborn with it today, which I would expect them to be, Pat. I would expect them to be extremely stubborn with the run game, uh, take field goals when they have to. You talked about will Tabor take a field goal? Will, will he go for it on fourth down? Because points are at a premium Points are going to be at a premium on the lakefront today. I think the Bears find an advantage uh, there on their offensive line in the middle with um, is their Javon Kinlaw, their, their mm-hmm. pick goes out on IR this week. So James Daniels, Sam Mustafer, and Cody White here in the middle there can get that pile moving. They can run the ball and hopefully, Pat, find points off of play action like we've been talking about for weeks. And then somebody, uh, you know, put Allen Robinson out there, uh, put uh, I think it was um, uh, I'm losing his name now, but it was Marquise Goodwin last week drawed the per, uh, personal right. the uh, pass interference. Uh, the 49ers are leading the league by a big by a big margin in pass interference yards. 
get guys down the field, try to draw those penalties, and and please, man, please get Justin Fields out of the pocket. But that's that's the big question, Olin. Play action and get him out of the pocket. Are they going to do it? I don't know. Does it make a difference that Matt Nagy's not there, that he's not in the headset of laser kind of saying, no, let's stick with this, let's stick with this. I want to go back to what you said, Molly, about Khalil Mack, because I wanted to ask you, Olin, when we were – and we were kind of giving our rundown of what we were going to talk about is with Khalil Mack taking this week off, because I really can't answer this being a long snapper, but and being in an important position where you're playing 60 to 70 plays a game and you're not 100%, mm-hmm. is there a point as a player where you think you're hurting the team by going out there? I know there's pride to be out there, mm-hmm. but is there a point where you're like, all right, I've got to take this week off. It's better for the team. It's better for me to come back 100% maybe a week or two down the road. Yeah, I mean, that, that's always the question you're battling with, right? right. And, and when you're Khalil Mack, man, he was still pretty good last week. Yeah. When you turn that film on, is the team better without me? Um, I'll go now with J.J. Watt's PR team and talk <laughs> about myself. In the 2010 NFC Championship game, I tore a ligament in my foot. Pat, you remember that. Yep. Uh, it was early in the third quarter there. Wow. Uh, Ryan Pickett uh, threw Jamarcus Webb on my leg. Uh, something popped. I went to the sideline. I told Mike Tice, I said, I think my foot broke, right? I think my foot is broken. And he said, we have nobody else. Can you play? Right? And I said, yeah, I can play. And, of course, I said, don't call any plays where I got to pull. So, of course, Mike March, the next series called a play where I pull. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, are, are you, like, is the team better with or without you is always a question. And then how long can you play with it? Uh, I, I remember I had my Achilles done. Uh, they had to shave down a bone. And I remember talking to Jay Cutler and, Co- and Lovey, I think it was 2000 or 2009, Pat. And I was talking to them, and I said, I, you know, we were out of the playoff chase in about week eight or nine. We weren't very good that year. And I said, you know, I'd like to go get this done, Molly. I'd like yeah. to go get my foot fixed so I can be back for next year. And Jay deadpan me and said, I'd be dead. I'll be dead if you leave that offensive line. So <laughs> you, you continue to play. So, you know, obviously these are conversations hard for Cleo Mack. Pat, we watch him on film. This is a football player. Now, he plays the run. He gets after on every down. So I'm sure it's a really tough choice for him. You heard Coach Nagy say, uh, we love uh, that he fought through it, that he was fighting through it last week. I mean, you could imagine that Tampa Bay game if Quinn had COVID and Mack was out. I mean, uh, that would have been really ugly for them. Uh, he still put pressure on the quarterback. But like you asked, Pat, um, it's always a decision, always a conversation. Are we better uh, with the guy behind you if because the way you're playing that injury, and then are you doing more damage to yourself? Is it affecting right. something? Is it affecting your hip? Is it affecting your knee? Because it always works its way up the chain, and then you start to have problems throughout your whole body. And I'm sure if I think about now what Khalil Mack's going through, I'm sure that's what happened to him. Eventually, everything started to hurt because his foot wasn't working correctly, and now he's putting himself at risk for for next year or later in the year. Yeah, I, I get that too. And it's just if I was his teammate. And he's the player of his caliber where I would rather have a dominating Khalil Mack than a very good Khalil Mack, if that makes sense. Because he can go in and wreck a game. He can make a complete difference. We've seen him do it his entire career. We've seen him do it early here. Um, You know, we've seen him do it in games. So me as a teammate, I would completely understand that he has to do what's best for him. But I also feel that would be best for the team because I want the dominant Khalil Mack, not just a good, very good Khalil Mack. All right, we've got to get to the break. We've got uh, Matt Barrow from uh, from the Athletic covers the Niners. He's going to join us next. Olin, mm-hmm. who do you like in the game? Are you off the fence, or are you still uh, vacillating? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I, I, well, I, here's the thing, Olin. On yeah, the Zoom, we ahead. can't see uh, below your sweater. Are you wearing a jockstrap? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, things have gotten very awkward now. Yeah. And Adam, Adam has come out of the studio to try to peek. So now I'm very uncomfortable Uh-oh. here. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, look, I, 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 I hate to do this. I, I think I got to go with the 49ers today. Uh, I think they're trying. the Bears are trying to beat Kyle Shanahan at his own game. I think they got, they got more guys on that side of the ball, more playmakers. I think they win 24 to 14. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll, uh, we'll talk to uh, a man from San Francisco. We'll do that next. It is, of course, the pregame show presented by Bet Rivers, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is Jimmy going to start first week? I mean, guess we'll have to see. I mean, I, I don't like playing this game, but everyone keeps asking me that question. I'm not just giving the answer just to satisfy the question. I think we got a pretty good idea, like I said, all along. Uh, I think our team does, and we're pretty good with it as long as I can keep surviving press conferences. <laughs> That's Kyle Shanahan. It is the uh, the pregame show here on The Score with Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley, presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today, and we are delighted to welcome in Matt Barrows. He covers the Niners for the Athletic, and he joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Matt, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Well, we'll t- we'll let you know in a few hours. It's been, uh, <laughs> you know, the Bears have have not been winning of late. But I don't have to tell you the Niners are in a real tailspin here, four in a row 
if they lose two more games, uh, maybe they'll be the envy of the league, according to Bears management. Yes, uh, I'm sure the 49ers want to avoid that, and uh, they don't have a first-round pick waiting for them at the end of the rainbow this year. If they did sink to the bottom of the league, they, of course, traded that pick and uh, the pick in 2023 um, in order to move up to get Trey Lance, a guy that uh, Kyle Shanahan has been hesitant to play thus far. It's really sort of the opposite uh, approach that the Bears have taken this year, so that's the uh, that's sort of the study and contrast that we have going into the, to uh, the, the the game today. Yeah, well, we know how the fan base is here. We were calling for Justin Fields, and we finally got him because of Andy Dalton injury. What's the fan base like out there in San Francisco? Do they are they somewhat happy with Jimmy Garoppolo, or they just want Trey Lance once he's healthy? Now he is to be the starter. No, I think uh, for the I can't speak for everybody, but I would say uh, most people are pining to see Trey Lance. They're seeing the season go south, as you guys described, and they say, okay, well, what's the excuse now? Why not get this guy uh, this valuable experience that uh, Kyle Shanahan has noted that, that Lance lacks? I mean, of, of all the quarterbacks going into this year's draft, Lance had by far the least amount of, of pass attempts, really only started one season at North Dakota State. The, the 2020 season was limited to uh, one game. So that's been... Um, the the source of Shanahan's hesitance. This guy just does not have a lot of experience, um, and he does not want to throw him into the fire right now. I mean, they went into the season uh, hoping for the the Patrick Mahomes approach, where Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for uh, the bulk of the season. I think he only played in, in the finale because the the playoff bound Chiefs were wanting to rest their starters, and then took over the following year. Uh, the, 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 what's the uh, Mike Tyson quote that uh, uh, you can have a plan, but it usually falls apart when you get punched in your nose. That's what happened to the 49ers right off the bat in week one against the, the Lions. They had so many injuries uh, at running back that it sort of affected the stability of the team, and uh, things went south from there. So they're having to kind of try to try to stick to their message uh, stick to their plan while this uh, this losing streak is going on, and it's been a uh, a tough juggling act for the 49ers. Matt, obviously there is a lot of concern about the pass interference penalties. They lead the league by a mile, and they've been whistled for 14. 11 have been accepted, and that's 250 yards. It's extraordinary uh, how often they have had these issues. And, you know, again, I think people in Chicago hoping – that holds up. Yeah, and it's something that the, the 49ers discussed a lot during the, the run-up to this, this game today. It's something that they practiced a lot, uh, certainly more so than they do in a normal week. Uh, and they openly said, I mean, we expect the Bears to throw deep against us. They expect a lot of play action, a lot of running. And, uh, and for Justin Fields, uh, who's a good deep ball thrower, to test that P.I. Uh, history, by uh, by throwing deep, and, and I'm sure the Bears would love two, three, as many PI calls as they can get because that was that was a key to the Colts' win. I mean, it was hard to get any sort of uh, gains in that storm that was going through uh, Levi Stadium uh, this past Sunday. 
Um, Carson Wentz put the ball in the air, could basically count on a 49ers defensive back running straight into his receiver. Uh, and it uh, uh, accounted for more than 100 yards in that game. That was the difference. So uh, that would be a very smart game plan for the Bears to stick to today. Uh, the 49ers worked on it, um, but uh, you know, supposedly they, they've worked on it in the past, too, and uh, they did not come into the season prepared because just about every team they've faced has either connected on deep balls or gotten big P.I. penalties on deep balls. So uh, it, it'll be a, a nice test to see whether they've started to fix that uh, this afternoon. Matt, go back to the offense of the 49ers. Without George Kittle, I mean, who is this offense and what is this offense? It looks like it's just Debo Samuel. Is that is that is that safe yeah, to say? Yeah, absolutely. It's just Debo, and they've gotten away with it. Um, nobody targets one receiver more than the 49ers do with, with Debo Samuel. And um, it's worked to this point. Um, you know, he, he's gotten 100-yard gain, games. He's uh, scored touchdowns. He's scored them um, on, on runs. He's scored them on passes. Uh, is that sustainable? That's the question. He had a calf injury to begin the week. He missed the Wednesday practice. Uh, I think from a health standpoint, the 49ers have to be worried. And just from a schematic standpoint, I, I don't think that they can um, be the, the, the team that relies on one guy. Uh, the, the guy who's the, the mystery man for this team this far is, uh, is Brandon Ayuk, number 11. He's the other wide receiver, and they really haven't gotten much out of him at all. Uh, fewer than 100 yards receiving on, on the season. He was their, their team leader in receiving yards last year. So he's somebody that they definitely want to get going uh, because you're right. They, they, need, uh, they need somebody else in that offense. I think George Kittle is going to come back next week, uh, but that's not going to help today against the Bears. So uh, they yeah, need him out God there. He's not here this week. Um, uh, help us out. Uh, let's go back to kind of pre-draft. They made that big trade with the idea that they were going to get the third bite at the apple of the quarterback. Did they know it was going to be Trey Lance? Did you believe – Mac Jones was long rumored. And I remember there was a photo of Shanahan and and Justin Fields after the Ohio State workout. So we weren't sure which way they were going. But right to the end, it seemed like they were were either Mac or they were – uh, going with Trey Lance, and and the rumor right before the draft was that it was Mac. How close did that did that decision come, and why did they make that move so early if they were not sure which of the players they wanted? Well, you're right. There was all sorts of question marks about who they liked. Um, I thought it was very prominent that once the 49ers made that trade and got up to number three, uh, the first thing they did was hop on a plane and go watch Mac Jones work out at Alabama. Uh, it's the first thing that, that Lynch and Shanahan did. And uh, Trey Lance had had a, a quarterback workout uh, prior to that, and it was very sparsely attended by the 49ers. They sent um, the, the area scout and maybe one other guy, but not, not a high-ranking uh, person in their uh, personnel department, so it didn't seem, just from reading the tea leaves, that they were all that interested in Lance at that point. And then something changed. I mean, each of those guys had two quarterback uh, pro days, and, and, and Lynch and Shanahan showed up to uh, Lance's second. Um, so they ultimately saw him. But I, I think it, the, 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 the case was that for, for Shanahan and Lynch, Matt Jones was an easy analysis. Um, he he kind of showed them 
the the traits that uh, that they like, and they were able to kind of do something very not not quick and, and surface, but they were they were sure that he would be a, an adequate um, pick with a with a first round pick. They needed to do more research on somebody like Lance and somebody like Justin Fields, uh, especially Lance, just because he had so little, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, pa- pass opportunities at North Dakota State. The more they did, the more they liked him. Um, and uh, with with the caveat that you know we need to kind of take him along slowly. We need to kind of he's got the great foundation. He's got everything that we want in a ten year, fifteen year player. It, it, we're just not going to see it right away because he doesn't have the experience. Um, so that was the plan, and that's where, where we are now. People pining for uh, Trey Lance to get into the game, and the 49ers trying their best to stick to their initial plan of having Garoppolo play at least most of the season, if not all the season, um, so that uh, Lance can have this kind of slow ramp-up to his career. <laughs> and that's the question. I mean, a, a win today would, would really kind of help them stick to that plan. A loss uh, and, and people will be clamoring to see Lance in there. Yeah, Matt, let's talk about some of the injuries today. You know, it's that time of the NFL where you got some big names out. I mentioned George Kittle. He's been out a couple of weeks. But defensively, with D'Amico Ryan's running this defense, what's going to hurt him with some of the guys out? There's some names out, some, some starters out. And then how important is it to have Trent Williams back as a left tackle? Yeah, well, Trent Williams, you can't, uh, you can't overstate his importance there. And, uh, um, you know, especially Jimmy Garoppolo, who has been injured quite a bit. You need to protect his blind side as, as much as possible. Um, and also for that running game. That's, that's the one good thing that they could take out of this recent Colts game is that the running game started to come back to life uh, from, the, from the injuries that they had at the beginning of the season. And Trent Williams is a big part of that. Defense, I think, is a big concern because we, we know that the Bears are going to try to run the ball uh, run the ball with uh, with their rookie tailback, and um, you know the, the 49ers already had injuries at that spot. Aziz Alshair isn't going to play today; uh, he's out with a concussion. That means that Marcel Harris, who's a converted safety, who's playing with a club on on his right hand, protecting a broken thumb, will be the uh, the every down linebacker next to, to Fred Warner. And and, and uh, Marcel Harris hasn't played all that well. Uh, and you won't recognize the other names at linebacker for them. Uh, so I think that's big. Uh, Javon Kinlaw recently had surgery on his knee. He's out for the season. He's their big guy in the middle of that line. He's the guy that sort of uh, anchors uh, the middle and helps against the running game. So they don't have that. They don't have two of their top three linebackers. I think that uh, the Bears at least will see an opportunity to run and to run up the middle. Um, and it'll be up to the 49ers to stop them. Hey, thanks so much. Really appreciate it, Matt. Great work. All right, anytime, guys. Have fun right, today. Thanks for jumping on. That's Matt Barrows from the Athletic uh, Barrows. Excuse me. Uh, we have breaking news here on the score, and breaking news is brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free and with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo, privacy simplified, big Z. Uh, texting out that uh, Bears offensive line on the field for pregame appears rookie fifth-round pick Larry Borum will start at right tackle, and Olin had already told told us that. that. He told us that. Yeah. How does he know uh, all this stuff? I don't know. I think he knows. That's the fourth different starter, Pat, at right tackle. Number four. 
it's unbelievable. And let's just see what they do with the game plan. I think that's the biggest thing. Third and three weeks. Uh, just for those keeping yeah. track, uh, just keep uh, scratching out names. Um, and uh, we want to let you know that uh, that we are, of course, uh, sponsored by our great friends at Zing Zang. They are uh, a new uh, partner of the score and of the pregame show. And it is always a delight to uh, to get a Zing Zang to begin with. Uh, Zing Zang is uh, from Chicago, uh, still headquartered here in Chicago. It's where they started. It's where they are right now. And uh, and always a, a load of fun to uh, to have some. It is the Chicago's hometown Bloody Mary mix. It was uh, the number one Mar- Bloody Mary mix brand, the number one cocktail mix. Uh, with mixers from Zing Zang. They do margaritas. Uh, you can uh, head to the store and get some of their canned cocktails. Unbelievable. Bloody Marys, margaritas, whiskey sours, premium spirits already included, and 9% ABV. It's like two cocktails in a can. Hmm. And uh, uh, we've got to get to the break, but we'll be back and we'll find out who Patrick is taking in the game. Should be uh, – a load of fun. The pressure is now upon you. It is indeed the pregame show here on The Score. The communication is pretty pretty constant throughout the week as far as how we're adjusting things and um, whether it be audibles, whether it be built-in adjustments that are, are just inherent to the routes, or whether it be hand signals that happen on the field. So it, it's really constant. Um, the quarterbacks also meet with the linemen without us and talk about their protect protection adjustments. So those, those, uh, th- those communications aren't, aren't unique. You know, that kind of happens as we go. And, and hopefully uh, we all feel like we're all in it together. And uh, you know, that that's, it's um, maybe the fact that they have to do it in zoom because of the, what, what's happened this week is, is unique, but those kind of meetings occur pretty much uh, constantly. Just like music. It is the pregame show with uh, Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley presented by Bet Rivers, official sports book of the Chicago Bears. You can download the Bet Rivers app today. And Patrick, that is uh, uh, the voice of Bill Lazor. He is the offensive coordinator, and he is talking about, um, and we need to really kind of get into this a little bit. Alan Robinson spoke earlier in the week. And he just kind of talked about not having any chemistry with Justin Fields. I mean, Allen Robinson is a highly paid player. He's on the franchise tag, but he's a highly productive player throughout his career, even with some uh, some bad quarterbacks, uh, certainly down in Jacksonville and then, and then coming here to Chicago. Um, you would think that this would be an easier thing to get going, but the fact is that he spoke uh, about – this idea that they never played together. They didn't play together uh, in, uh, in training camp at all. They, you know, they never had Justin Fields running with the ones. And uh, I got to tell you, as a guy that is probably heading out of town, I think he tends to speak the truth. I think he's not yeah. pulling punches and he's just letting you know everything that's going on. I'm not sure that's the kind of seashells and balloons that Matt Nagy wants to hear, but it is, uh, it's pretty forthright. And Fields, uh, you know, was apparently the one to instigate or they instigated having some meetings to talk about uh, routes, to talk about different things that are going on uh, in the receiving core with the uh, the quarterback. And they did that themselves, which is a good thing. 
and they're on Zoom by themselves. So ideally, you'd be in person and you'd be doing it. Ideally, it would have happened in training camp. But you're trying to develop this chemistry. I like that there was a response to it, and I like that they're on Zoom. But it does underscore, you know, if Matt Nagy believed for a second that um, Andy Dalton would have a knee injury, would only last a game and a half, I don't think there's any way Justin Fields wouldn't be prepared or more prepared to start the season. But as we heard from Matt Barrows about uh, about Trey Lance, the same applies maybe to, to uh, Justin Fields, although obviously we saw him play quite a bit in big-time college football. Yeah, and then going back about, you know, what he said about not getting reps with Justin Fields, me thinking about that, and my, my, my thought is that this preseason – was all about Matt Nagy's offense, not about the players. I'm going to install my offense. I'm having Andy Dalton run my offense. Okay, yes, we traded up and we got Justin Fields, but we're not going to worry about developing him with the starters if that happens. I think that's inappropriate. That's wrong. That He needed to be thrown in there more, in my opinion, in the preseason and a couple more reps and games. Maybe you know one series to take Andy out and get him one series of three games they played with the ones. Uh, I would have liked to have seen that. I would like to see more, you know, with the ones during um, practice during the preseason. And I don't think we saw that either. So to me, that's about Matt Nagy wanting to run his offense and he's going to run his offense. And that's who he is. That's who he's been the entire time. He's changed it before, but he wanted to go back this year, I think, and run his offense. He started it doing that this year. He did it in the Cleveland game with that terrible game plan of putting Justin Fields out there. They've changed it a little bit, but we saw last week it, it's not enough. And we've seen it not enough of play action, him moving him out of the pocket. Um, that's my thoughts on that. And the other one is these Zoom meetings. These are great. I, I think it's awesome. The meetings, when you have them in Hallis Hall, I got to watch them quite a bit. I'd watch the O-line, the running backs, quarterbacks have their own meetings. And what's what's great about that is coaches see it one way, players see it a different way. They're the ones on the field. So they visually see everything. They feel everything differently. So they can communicate about, okay, here's the X's and O's that we have on our iPads. Here's what coach is coaching off tape. But it's different when you're the player and using your eyes. But there's a problem with that if you have the wrong voice and the wrong player correcting some of the corrections or the fault, you know, the, the mistakes or whatever, that they're not doing it correctly, then that goes against what you're trying to do. There were times, I know we, I, I, I love Olin the way he, he, he commanded the locker room in meetings, and I, you know, I wish he was here because he'd tell me to shut up, but he would look at guys, if they're correcting other positions, you're like, what are you talking about? No, no, no. Let let so and so talk. You're you're not smart enough. You don't know enough about what you're talking about. Let the let the older guy, the smarter guy, correct what's going on with the wide receivers or the running backs or things like that. Obviously, he knew all the stuff with the O line. But sometimes, if you don't have that smart player in that position group when you're having these meetings, that could cause a problem. I hope it's not happening. You have Allen Robinson, who I'm sure is extremely intelligent and can probably coach and do all that stuff with his guys. Uh, from what I hear, Sam Mustafer is pretty darn smart. You know, he's a young guy, but he's pretty darn smart. He runs that O-line. Um, running backs, I don't know who's doing that. But uh, then you hope Andy Dalton is and in, in Nick Foles are kind of interjecting, but letting Justin Fields be the voice. Let him be the leader. So I love what they're doing, but there can be some problems come from it if you have the wrong guys talking about the wrong things, if that makes sense. I, I, I think what you're saying is spot on. I wonder, though, like in Mustafer's case, Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great that he's a smart player. I think it comes across. He's unbelievably articulate. He knows what the answers are. He's also kind of self-effacing, and he holds himself accountable. I just don't know how good he is. Right. I don't know that he has that gravitas that comes from being, you know, normally 
the best player can handle that sort of thing. I, I think Jason Peters has been fantastic on these yes. uh, on these uh, news conferences. Well, you get clearly, honesty out of him. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. He'd tell you anything, right? Yep. I mean, yep. he told you Larry Borum was back long before exactly. they, they only activated him yesterday. But one thing I loved, and I think it was Juan Castillo brought it up, that was it the Detroit game. Where they, yeah, they played really hard. They were pushing guys over piles, finishing through the whistle. And I think the quote was, um, you know, he asked, he said, hey, Jason, what makes a physical O-line? What makes a tough O-line? All the years you've played, and his, his, his line back to the team or the uh, O-line was playing through the whistle. And I think we saw that in the Detroit game. I think we're seeing a little bit more of that. So you do. You have another one, Jason Peters. I forgot about him. He's a great voice to have in there as well if they're doing – you know, the offensive meetings amongst themselves because obviously he's a hall, he's going to be a Hall of Famer and uh, he has a lot to say and, and, and I think the guys respect him. And I don't know how smart he is with X's and O's, but I would imagine he's one of the smartest in the room, so that's got to be helpful. Um, so Jimmy Garoppolo is coming back to Chicago, right? So he's playing mm-hmm. in Chicago. Um, uh, Nick Bosa is playing in Chicago, and I, and I know that people know the backstory of, of Nick Bosa, his – great-grandfather was uh, Tony Accardo, who ran the Chicago mob for decades and was, uh, you know, Joe Batters. He, he worked for Al Capone and then had, uh, he had some kids and, uh, and one of them was Marie and she married a guy named uh, Palmer Pyle. You may remember hmm. Mike Pyle uh, from yeah. Bears history. So his yep. brother Palmer was an offensive lineman. They divorced and Palmer was out of the picture and they had two kids, um, Palmer and her, and and uh, she married a, a, a labor union guy, uh, Kumaro, and so the kids were were Cheryl Kumaro and um, and the guy who played for the Bears briefly, uh, the other Kumaro, the pass rushing Kumaro. He went. He he met John Bosa when he was drafted to Miami, and John Bosa ends up marrying Cheryl. You know, there's all these things, all these connections, and so that's where Joey and Nick Bosa, you know, come hmm. from. They have uh, they have relatives on on both sides of the family that played in the NFL, and they're great players. And I think when you think about Nick Bosa, what separates him is just his technique was phenomenal coming out of Ohio State. Yes, I mean he had been he'd been at you know uh, DNU with his father, his brother, and and then he ends up uh, becoming the player he is right now. So he's a big problem today. Um, and I don't know that he is aware of or cares that his mom's from Oak Park and that, you know, there's going to be a lot of eyes on him because it, there is this weird Chicago connection with his uh, great-grandfather. I don't even know if he, you know, I, I mean, I think he was born two years after uh, Tony Accardo died. But I, I just wonder how much local connections. It probably means a lot more to um, to uh, the quarterback, right, because yeah. he's got family and friends there, whereas uh, – you know, Nick Bosa didn't grow up here, but he has this weird Chicago connection. When you played in in uh, Atlanta, did it? I, I mean, I'm not saying you played better, but you obviously had a ton of people there. You knew all eyes were upon you. Did it change anything? Did it motivate you anymore? Um, you know, it's always exciting to go back and play in front of your high school buddies, co- yeah. uh, high school coaches, mom and dad, nephews, brother, sister-in-law, and all that kind of stuff. But my thing was trying not to break up my routine, no matter where you're playing, right? So if you're coming to Atlanta and my family's like, hey, can we go to dinner before or after meetings? I honestly said no, because I didn't want to break up my routine. Like going to Detroit, I did the same thing. You know, wherever you go, you keep that same routine. And I didn't like to 
to sit down and have dinner. There was a couple times I did and they're like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm in game mode. Like I just, you become a different yes. person when you travel to the hotel and you get ready for the game. So I'm hoping, I'm not hoping, maybe he does that or doesn't, but I, I that's the way I dealt with it. I said, listen, I will see you after the game. I'll be the last one on the bus, you know, leaving. I'll give you extra time after the game. You know, I'll hug my little nephews and all that stuff after the game. But I did not want to break my routine. I just felt that it, that's too important. I'll see you in the off season. We got plenty of time in the off season. I'll fly down to Atlanta and spend time with you. Um, but I didn't like to break up my routine. It'll be interesting to see if Jimmy does that. You know, one thing you talked about, maybe all the, the, the jerseys on the field, seeing the family, that's a little different. You just go up, shake their hand and that kind of stuff. But to me, it was I didn't want to go out to dinner. Uh, maybe they pour me an extra glass of wine or something like that. I'm like, right, right. you know, that kind of stuff. So I just like to stay in my routine. But uh, it is fun, though, going back, Molly. It, it's pretty cool just because you're a kid growing up in Atlanta. And like I said, I grew up a Bears fan because of Mike Singletary and the 85 Bears. But you're still in your hometown living your dream in your hometown. So it is pretty cool. We were talking about it earlier in um, the week, and I was saying, you know, I love saying Chicago guy made good. If any of our Chicago guys do something, it really, you know, I'm I'm a big fan. Yes. And um, with Jimmy, we got another I think one. I, we got another one, Lake and, Lake and Tomlinson, the left. Oh, no, that's right. That's yes. right. There yeah, you go. Dookie, by the way, as well. Uh, is that right? Look yeah, at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but I I don't know that Jimmy isn't Chicago guy made rich as opposed to Chicago guy made good because I don't know how good he's been and i don't know what right. his future holds but man did he get paid yeah he did and i mean i'm happy for him i mean yeah. that's part of the business you know you, you you it's kind of timing too right he had the right timing came from the right coach played under the right guy um he had a couple good games up there in new england you think he's gonna fix it i don't think he's a superstar but he's a, he's a good nfl quarterback hopefully he's not good today so so what is your what is your take who you taking oh man um i i love the fact that uh Justin Fields came out and said he believed. I honestly did. I love that. As a teammate, I would love that. Like, that's something I'd be like, all right, here we go. What do we got, kid? What do we got? Show me. So this morning, I actually woke up believing. Honestly, I did. I'm like, all right, let's see what we can do. Can this week of all the, the stuff going on, the COVID stuff, the Zoom calls, having a different head coach on the sideline, can that bring everybody together? That meeting they had last Saturday? I hope so. Um, and if you want to go X's and O's, I kind of find it equal. I really do. I just I, I think if they can call the right game plan offensively, Justin Fields can do something today. So I'm going Bears 21-17. Look at that. Look at yeah, you. I, I think really I did. went 2017. I think we're in the same. Oh, did you really? Uh, yeah, we're in the same leaky boat. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what they did. They say um, great minds think alike, or fools never differ. We'll find out uh, yeah, in the post game right. show, Pat. <laughs> All right, man. All right, buddy. That is game. Patrick Bradley. We've got a game. Go ahead. Get to it. Come back here. We will be here for you in the post game. Thanks so much for listening. It's uh, tons of fun. Go Bears. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 